Every single day, we at Wizard Graphics perform so much magic, it actually embarrasses Harry Potter. We are the masters of all things ography, photography, videography, cinematography, typography, audiography. Wait, is that even a word? We'll design your logo, put it on your business card, and print it to perfection. With four decades of journalistic experience, we are also your source of writing, editing, and public relations. Need a brochure designed and printed? Boom, we've got you. Need your business name emblazoned in vinyl on the side of your car? Boom, call us. Need those headshots for HR? Boom, we take raw photos, always using the manual setting. Need aerials of your home or business? Boom. We're drone pilots, certified by the FAA. If you own a business and want to do more business, and who doesn't, call Wizard Graphics. We've even got a blanket of invisibility. Okay, it's really just a comforter for hiding out. Wizard Graphics. Believe in the magic. Call or text 502-321-9159 and let's talk. One of the most valuable lessons I learned long ago was to look at the entirety of the scene. And it's not just about technical to make sure there's not a tree coming out of somebody's head, but it's making it a scene. I love to travel. I love nature and landscape. Shelby County has provided just an amazing palette of different options, be it the agrarian aspect or the downtown, the animals. I'm a people person. I'm an extroverted empath. I pretty intuitive about what's going on with somebody. I can look at a smile and know if it's genuine. I'll do different things to hopefully get them comfortable. I will talk to them a lot. My phone number is 502-836-9258. My email is cherylj at mac.com. The best way really to get through me is through social media, my Facebook page, Cheryl Van Stocken Photography. Welcome back to Positively Shelby, where we talk to local people you already know about all the cool stuff happening in Shelby County. Hello everyone and welcome back to Positively Shelby. Our guest today is Polly Felice. Hi Polly. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing really great. Polly is a Lexington guy, I think. Is that right? I am, yeah. Lexington guy who somehow found his way to Shelby County. I did. And uh, he's a musician and a teacher. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about what you do, Polly. Well, um, I actually have two um, primary roles uh, in the guitar teaching industry right now. I'm a senior instructor with the SML Academy of Guitar, um, but I'm also the program director, which basically means that I'm responsible for all of the teaching programs that we um, that we offer and coordinating all of those things for, for all of our programs. I just don't get paid for it. Okay. <laughs> uh, SML, what's that stand for? S actually stands for Skinny Devil Music Labs. Um, right. It's a it's a strange name. I know it doesn't seem to be directly related, but um, SDML was founded by a guy named David McLean, and he if if you ever meet him, you'll immediately understand why the name makes perfect sense um, because he's a he's a skinny dude. Like he's in really great shape. He's strong, you know, and muscular, but he's you know very very thin. Apparently, there was a story about. Years and years ago, somebody referred to him as a skinny devil, and you know, and that just kind of stuck. And that's what he decided to call the call the organization when he uh, when he formalized it in 1999. So it's been about 22 years. I would never have guessed what that's. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so SDML is, is a Lexington-based 
Operation Bear. Yeah, that's where he founded it. He's originally from San Antonio, Texas, but he transplanted to uh, to Lexington. Um, I don't know exactly what year, but it was sometime in the 90s, I think. Yeah. And now you are SDML. Well, I'm the program director of program it. Yeah, director. he's okay. still he's still active. He's still teaching. He's the again founder of the program. He's the executive director. So you know, um, for for everything I don't know, I go to him, and he tells me to figure it out for myself. But you are based <laughs> in Shelbyville. Um, SDMLs would still be based in Lexington. Um, mm-hmm. Shelbyville would be like a chapter of it, and I am personally based in Shelbyville. Okay. So and we go to different uh, places within the community. We've talked about that a lot in the past, and that's actually kind of an important point about you know how we're organized and what we do because we're very very focused focused on integrating with the community and working with, you know, other uh, organizations and programs. So we pretty much exclusively teach within other people's facilities. So here in Shelbyville, the facility that I'm using primarily is the uh, Shelby Christian Church. So that's where uh, I have all the group and private lessons right now. Um, After COVID, of course, everything's up in the air because everything's online, you know, and I was teaching in Louisville before that. And of course that just, you know, went, went downhill real fast with the, (laughs) with all the shutdowns. So, so I'm, I'm in Shelbyville, but we've got students you know, all over the place uh, right now. COVID has made us rethink how we do a lot of things. It sure has. How did you end up in Um Actually, uh, I was in Chicago for a couple of years because we were kind of testing the teaching system um, in Chicago as like a satellite city to say, well, how does this work? I had actually come from Lexington and moved to, to Chicago for a couple of years. I worked with uh, a lot of students up there, but a couple of, you know, advanced guitarists and advanced students talking about teaching them how to teach the system. So I kind of gave them, you know, trial for Free or field certification in teaching. Then I came back to Lexington initially um, and lived with my father. He was uh, recovering from um, uh, from prostate cancer, and so I was staying with him for a while. But he you know, he recovered just fine. Everything went really well with it. And um, I had been uh, actually uh, talking to a very good friend of mine, uh, Missy, who I had met at Lexmark at in 1998 or something like that. So we've been friends for for years and years and years. And I had my eye on Louisville as you know as the next chapter of STML. And of course, she was living in Shelby which is a nice you know natural stop between then so I just started talking to you know um, her and we had been you know striking up conversations for a while and we'd never really lost touch you know but you know how how those things go online different cities and stuff like that um, and so I ended up talking to her about Shelbyville facilities because it was a nice kind of halfway point you know between here and there um, and I got in contact with uh, the director of the facilities at the FAC yes thank you yeah and so we actually started teaching at the Birch House and I started um, working there it was it was very cool, and I love the historic qualities of it. A lot of environmental challenges <laughs> with, acoustics, you know. Acoustics, not so great. The acoustics, yeah, the acoustics were definitely interesting. There's pros and cons with that, um, but of course, you know, we were just talking about Kentucky weather, and it can be, it can swing wildly, and older houses like that just aren't really designed, you know, to, to mitigate that role. But it was a great facility for what it was, you know, for the time. Um, but then I uh, started talking, like Pat Murphy, I think uh, you know well. He, okay. um, he had come and was taking lessons for a while, and he talked to me about the... Um, the church is a facility so you know i was teaching there as well that's just kind of what brought me to the area you know and then my relationship with uh, with missy blossomed you know and developed into what it is now we're actually getting married in july oh, so, so does, yeah does have a last name right now? uh yeah his last name's foley mm-hmm. foley yeah okay so she's a teacher now at um at uh, collins and she teaches spanish out there and actually she's teaching education classes out there now nice. too so but that's yeah that was just one of the twists and turns of life, you know, that happened to bring me to Shelby that had just never been on my mind before. But um, I've been uh, I've been a resident here for well several years now, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess officially started in like 2018, something like that. But I was here all the time, you know, teaching and, and whatnot. So. Now, you and I met on Facebook and, mm-hmm. and we've never actually talked. 
face to face. That's true. Today. That's true. It's crazy. I've known you for a couple of years now. We've Isn't that weird? The but, internet. Uh, I, I like some of your posts. You're a thinker kind of guy. I try to. I try to spawn other people thinking too. That's kind of. I think that's kind of the teacher. You know, in me is that's the goal is to not just you know impart information on people and especially with the internet that's that's free now you know the information is all there and we're learning with the internet that it's more than just information it's about how you think and how you process um so yeah as a as a teacher that's just kind of in my dna you know it is to try to ask probing questions to put ideas out there to make people think not to try to tell them what to think but to get them to think you know on their own and to use their uh, critical thinking skills and stuff. So. I call your questions uh, provocative. Yeah. What, what kind of responses have you gotten? What's, what's your best one? Well, provocative is a good, <laughs> probably a really good way to, to say that. And that isn't my sole intent. I don't mean to be provocative in terms of, you know, from an emotional standpoint, but definitely from an intellectual standpoint. They're meant to be, you know, intellectually provocative. And I don't like it when they blow up into raging, you know, wars, seed and flame wars and stuff like that. And I think they, they don't always, you know, do that. But I, I, the most interesting reactions for me are the, the people that I know that are of high intellect, that are higher intellect than I am. You know, that's that's why I post them out there is because I, I'm really going to learn some stuff. You know, I put it out there because people are going to present ideas. But it's funny because I, I try to think in terms of what's going to, What's really going to impact people? What's a question that's going to make you really uncomfortable? You know, like that's going to make you have to think about something that we take for granted. You know, something that you think is an easy answer until it's really put in front of you and you think, well, I never really thought about it that way before. And it causes that cognitive dissonance, you know, in your head where you're thinking about things the way that you didn't really think about them before. And for, for people, that can be a somewhat painful experience, not necessarily in a bad way, but it definitely elicits a response, you know, and people definitely react to it. So what kind of music do you, genres do you like? What, what... Yeah, so an, an interesting, and I've told this little quip, I think, many times throughout the years, and it becomes more and more true, is that there's a very big difference between being a musician and being a professional musician. You stick the professional aspect of it on there, and people tend to misinterpret really what that means as far as professionals. And I promise I'm getting to your point here, um, right. but there's a reason I'm, I'm talking about it this way. Um, it's a long way around. It's okay. from, from a professional standpoint, you're looking at things in terms of how you are interacting with the profession itself. You know, So as a musician, genre has multiple connotations when you're playing for pleasure you know you obviously will default to certain genres of music i was born in 77 so the 90s are a huge you know impact in terms of of my musical influence so i'm a huge 90s alt rock grunge you know fan in terms of that's what i was listening to but once i became a professional musician and particularly as a teacher the idea of genre becomes more of a tool. You you start to use that as something to say, well, I'm I'm utilizing this genre of music to achieve a particular goal for whatever I'm doing in the industry at this moment. And as a teacher, it's really strange because you can't just pretend to love a particular type of, of music. I had never heard of Taylor Swift when I went to start teaching. I mean, that was just not on my radar. Maybe the name had crossed my mind. But as a teacher, this was probably, well, I started teaching in 2006, so it would have been right about then actually 2006 2007 when she was first getting you know real popular very early on yeah and so she um yeah and so like i first encountered her as well as many artists but i first encountered her existence as a teacher so listening to the music and at the time i was you know 30 guy 
Taylor Swift's not appealing to me, you know, in terms of the themes that she's writing about. I can't really relate to, you know, her teenage girl feelings. That's just off of my radar. Um, but at the same time, I could see that my students who could relate to her were having real feelings about her music. And so that's the kind of thing that you, you latch onto as a teacher to gain your own feelings about music. You learn to legitimately love all genres of music because you have to, to be a good teacher. You, you have to have some relationship with that music to help, you know, your students learn how to play and in their own way to create their own versions of that music because a lot of students especially private students are interested in creation they want to write songs they want to create music and so you truly have to be able to from one 30-minute session to the next completely switch gears and feel very differently about different kinds of music because you're in a very real way empathizing with your student you know and, and relating to them on that musical standpoint and that's just from the teaching standpoint then there's the performing standpoint do you only play the music that you like well why are you playing live there's a lot of reasons that you might play live but for me it was so that when i got to the front of the line at kroger i had money to give them for my food so it was really important to play that live music because i was eating and i was feeding my kids with that you know money from 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 stage it literally Probably went appreciate i'm sure they do and you know like literally those those dollar bills that were handed to me after the show were going to the kroger checkout line so at that point, you don't have the luxury of saying, I'm just playing the music that I'm familiar with and that I like. So I found myself in a country band. I was not raised in country, you know, like that just was not part of my, and if you're from Lexington, so you know, there's huge dichotomy. There's huge country music fans, but there's a whole lot of people there that are just like anti-country, you know, Lexington's a very diverse group of people. Um, and I was not you know, really affiliated with the crew that was into country music. So there I am in a country band standing there and talking to my bandmate being like, you know, we're singing about a honky tonk, but what is a honky tonk? And they're like, you're standing in one, you know? So that's how ignorant that I was of the genre of music that I was playing quite well in a very successful band getting paid well to do. Um, and as a professional musician, and that's why I brought that up in the first place, your, your tastes start to kind of take a back seat and not only take a back seat, but they morph. They, they really actually change because now there's some really great country music that I really, really like, you know, that I listened to that I'd never been exposed to before. And again, you're on stage, you're doing a show. Everybody watching you needs to believe that you are really loving the music that you're playing right now or they can't relate. You know, you're you're not delivering to the audience what you told them you were going to deliver when they came up to watch your show. You country know, music is a fine <laughs> example of what you're talking about, having to change with with the times because there are several genres in country music itself that's a classic there's the uh, 70s and 80s that's oh yes country you know and it's it's, it's incredibly diverse yeah the years. yeah i mean to to try to put you know like a dolly parton in the same vein as luke bryan you know like we're talking about completely different approaches you know to to what they're doing common roots of course but an incredibly diverse you know range of music so yeah i learned a lot i learned what a honky donk was while i was standing in one you know awesome. <laughs> Do you like the honky -tonk? I did, yeah. I made a lot of great friends there. Still good friends with lots of people there. Austin City Saloon in, in Lexington. Yeah, played, played there a really lot. Is. And um, my friends that um, listen locally are doing open mics there now, too, which is really cool. So it's, it's nice to see some cross-utilization of, of a really great stage. One of the most valuable lessons I learned long ago was to look at the entirety of the scene. And it's not just about technical to make sure there's not a tree coming out of somebody's head, but it's making it a scene. I love to travel. I love nature and landscape. Shelby County has provided just an amazing palette of different options, be it the agrarian aspect or the downtown, the animals. I'm a people person. I'm an extroverted empath. I 
pretty intuitive about what's going on with somebody. I can look at a smile and know if it's genuine. I'll do different things to hopefully get them comfortable. I will talk to them a lot. My phone number is 502-836-9258. My email is cherylj at mac.com. The best way really to get through me is through social media, my Facebook page, Cheryl Van Stocken Photography. Every single day, we at Wizard Graphics perform so much magic, it actually embarrasses Harry Potter. We are the masters of all things ography. Photography, videography, cinematography, typography, audiography. Wait, is that even a word? We'll design your logo, put it on your business card, and print it to perfection. With four decades of journalistic experience, we are also your source of writing, editing, and public relations. Need a brochure designed and printed? Boom, we've got you. Need your business name emblazoned in vinyl on the side of your car? Boom, call us. Need those headshots for HR? Boom, we take raw photos, always using the manual setting. Need aerials of your home or business? Boom. We're drone pilots, certified by the FAA. If you own a business and want to do more business, and who doesn't, call Wizard Graphics. We've even got a blanket of invisibility. Okay, it's really just a comforter for hiding out. Wizard Graphics. Believe in the magic. Call or text 502-321-9159 and let's talk. So are you getting a lot of uh, local students? Yeah, you know, the funny thing is, is that um, as program director, I stopped thinking so much in terms of like the size of my uh, classes and also started shifting. One of the major focuses was focusing on building group classes. A lot of people don't think in terms of group classes when they think guitar lessons. They think, oh, I'm going to be sitting with some rocker dude in a closet, you know, and, and we're going to be, you know, on the spot and I'm going to be learning the songs that, you know, I tell them I want to learn, um, which is, you know, kind of the traditional you know, thought when people think of, of guitar classes, but I started teaching group classes. So the bottom line is there's been a lot of fluctuation in, you know, the number of, of students. Um, obviously COVID had a tremendous impact on everybody, you know, so last year's not such a great example, um, but building that base is, you know, has been reasonably successful. And it's the group guitar classes are great because they're very socialized. And so like the guitar four level, which is basically once you've completed the beginner program, or if you're already past that stage, is a program that people come to and it's like your yoga class or karate class you don't finish guitar for you you keep coming we, we have eight week sessions and we have like five or six of them a year but people get to know each other they get comfortable in the class they get to learn the routines the warm-ups and everything like that and it just becomes part of their their daily routine you know or their weekly routine you know and for a lot of people that's just the guitar that you know that's the amount that they get to play you know during the week but they get to know each other you know and they get to learn to interact and they learn about what each other are doing and then new people come in and then you know it's not like people stay in g4 forever you know they, they definitely at, at some point either don't have time for it anymore or they move to advanced classes or because there's an advanced group now or they move to private lessons once they have you know specific goals so I don't really sit and count students like I used to I know like back in the day when I was only doing private students I, I capped out at about like 46 private students and I realized at that time that it was too many there I just there was no way that I could commit you know the the amount of attention that people deserve especially for private lessons you know they're supposed to be one-on-one -on -one. so that the program has changed dramatically and so I've limited my number of private 
private students with intent and I'm finally expanding that um, a little bit more now. I think I have, I don't know, eight or nine private students total, but my group classes I have, you know, G1 through G4, those are on Mondays and Wednesdays and there's varying numbers of people in those different classes. And now because of COVID, we had to accelerate the online program because we didn't have any choice, you know, we were already planning on doing that and I'd already had a, a failed test run for, for live things that went terribly wrong. Just it was all, I mean, you sure certainly understand the, the pitfalls and perils of technology and how it can really throw a wrench into what you're trying to do. It's a mess. And so like I tried YouTube at first, Zoom hadn't really crossed my radar. So we already had a failed, you know, attempt at trying to, to do live streaming, but I was recording, you know, classes and things like that. So when COVID hit, we had to accelerate that. And now like I, it's such a wide variety of, of students that we have. I've got private people in person, private people online. I got group classes in person, group classes online. And then I've got people doing our new self-paced program who are, you know, what they can order their classes and pay for them one at a time and just do them at home. And they're all digital and stuff like that, which is a new program. It's going well, but I don't know how to count those students because I have no idea if they're still active because I don't know if they're coming, you know, like it's really so. And I, and I say all that because it's an interesting question that now has an interesting answer. It used to just be like, how many students you have? and I'd open up my calendar and count and be like 43, you know, and that was the end of the story. And the industry has changed so much that that is not an easy question to answer anymore. I literally don't exactly know how many students I have at any given time. I know who they are, you know, like I, I can tell you all the people, but to actually count them, you know, is like, it's, it's, not a, it's not a black and white answer like it used to be. But will that change now that we have the proverbial Right at the end of the time, we're going back to normal, back to pre-COVID. That is the big question, I think, for all of us. You know, it's like, what does the new normal look like? We know we're not going back to where we were before. You know, we're we and and part of that is because of the you know when when you get shoved into you know, making changes, you discover benefits of those changes that you otherwise wouldn't have. And that's all part of, you know, it, the more risk averse you are, the less you learn, you know? So like, I'm, I'm, I've tried not to be a risk averse person and I've been okay with, you know, taking risks because I've learned that that's, that's how you pick up new stuff that, you know, you find out things you didn't know you didn't know, you know, like you get to those extra levels of learning. Um, and, and COVID definitely had that effect, you know, of pushing us into this digitized online thing. Um, Quick example is that I steered away from live classes because of the fact that, uh, or live, I'm sorry, live uh, live streaming classes because of the fact that 60% of anything you're doing musical has to do with the rhythm, and that rhythm has to be on point, and you can't really have any you know disparity in rhythm. That is impossible to achieve on live stream, and bluntly, like light speed becomes a problem. I don't care how fast your stuff is, the universe has a speed limit of 186,000 miles per second. That starts to become an issue when you think about signals that have to bounce around satellites, you know, and get to the ground and go through wires and get to somebody and then go through those same wires and bounce off satellite and get back to you. It's traversing a distance there. No system in the world could be lagless, you know, so there will always be some kind of disparity between what you're doing rhythmically and what somebody in China is doing rhythmically. Even if it's at the same time, it kind of can't be, you know? And even though the, the lag may be minute, it's enough. It's there. Yeah. And you see that whenever you see a video that's not perfectly synced and you can all tell. it's not moving with the... That's exactly right. And and as humans, that's our appreciation for music is our ability to synchronize with that rhythm. I mean, we all have rhythmic heartbeats. We all walk with rhythm. Rhythm is an, an, an eight, innate part, you know, of the human experience. And so any any hiccup in the rhythm, we're going to feel it. It's going to be a mess and it will really ruin the experience. So that was a long winded way of saying that was my number one reason for saying we can't do live 
streaming online lessons it just can't be done which you would imagine somebody like me would immediately reject that idea because i'm the first one when somebody says somebody can't be done i go oh yeah you know like that's just in my nature my and, yeah exactly anybody who knows me would be like yeah yeah he's the Polly's gonna be the first one to be like really okay well then watch this you know and and i'll take a shot at it and i've taken my fair share of of, of bruises doing that so it's funny that you know i had that aversion to to the idea um just because of that reason but it was a big reason well i also realized I didn't know. I don't know if I realize this or not. And I still stand behind that as a reason for like with private lessons online is still very, very difficult because if you're trying to have a rhythmic experience with somebody at the same time, it'd be very hard. What I found was for group classes, it doesn't really matter because everybody's listening on their own time. We're not interacting one-on-one -on -one, back and forth. It's really me broadcasting the information out and they are viewing. They can interact, but they're not interacting in real time with anything other than what they're experiencing. So I was like, it works great with with uh, online group classes. I've got students that have gone through the entire beginner program, guitar one, two, and three, and I never met them face to face. And then they showed up in person, guitar four, seamless transition right into it. So like it worked. Nice. It obviously worked really, really well. Um, so the, the learning, learning experiences like that are great, which is why we're not going back to normal and I don't want to go back to normal. But I do need to know what the new normal is, you know, and what, what facets of normal are, are coming back. Well. You know, face to face is the new outside the box. You know, like it used, it used to be completely the other way around. But after a year of, of quarantines and stuff, doing things in person is is the big thing now. You know, and that's going to be a big appealing market. And that's just, it's very strange. You know, like everything is is really weird right now. So we, we all learned a lot and it was very confusing moving into the COVID world. But it's going to be just as confusing, if not more so, coming out of it, you know, and trying to adapt to. What does the world look like now? What do we do with what we've learned? Well, I don't know, but something. <laughs> um, but I try to focus on, you know, what are what are the positives? You know, we can extract from all of these things. Um, that's that's kind of along the core philosophy of the SDML system is, you know, is focusing on strengths. We don't like to linger on the things that you're struggling with. We want to look at the things that you're really good at, focus your attention there because it makes you better at everything. Everything's, you know, interrelated. So, so how can somebody get in touch with Poly Police? Um, interested in this yeah, well, actually, we uh, the the website is <laughs> I worked on for many years. That was like one of the biggest projects as program director was building up the website, which is sdmlguitar.com. And uh, as I'm putting the finishing touches on it, and and you know, feeling like, hey, this website looks good now, it's navigable. I'm coming to the quick realization that by the time you get to the second W in www, the current generation of younger people have checked out. They just that three W's is two W's too many for them to handle. Like they just don't want your website. They want an app. So now I'm looking at apps and I'm like, I just did five years of work on this website. And now I'm like, ah, I don't even know. And now Google will give you a website for free, but you can still get in touch with me and, and find everything you need at sdmlguitar.com. It's still all there. You don't even have to type www anymore. Come on kids, just type in sdmlguitar.com and you're good to go. So the, the app could be gone. And now there's TikTok and I just, learned about Instagram and like I'm I feel like an old dog these days man but yeah the website's probably the easiest way to do it we've got like you can do hashtag SDML guitar on Instagram we've got a pretty active Instagram channel so there's all kinds of cool stuff there's like tutorials and pictures and, and videos out there um, and then there's the phone number 502-783-SDML or 7365 I think it is um, so you can get, you can do that too. You can text away. In fact, please text. I'm, I'm of the generation that's starting to reject phone calls. We're just like, you know, I don't use my phone to actually talk to people. We text, you know, and that's just what we do.
Thank you for joining us on Positively Shelby, the podcast about all the cool people and cool things going on in Shelby County, Kentucky. If you're a business person and would like to become a sponsor for Positively Shelby, give us a call or text 502-321-9159. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week on Positively Shelby.